It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Certainly an exciting day for the Edmonton Oilers to acquire Duncan Keith. Just felt like uh, the Edmonton Oilers right now. It was a, it was a good fit, a great fit. Excited to uh, to start this this new chapter of my career and try to win a cup in Edmonton. It's always been uh, my goal to to be able to stay in Edmonton, and it's just what I've wanted. I've loved my time in Edmonton so far. The team is uh, progressing uh, the way we want it to, and I want to be a part of that. And uh, obviously, the biggest reason I want to stay is I, I want to win in Edmonton. Here's McKeith all the way, scores! Welcome to the Locked On Orders podcast for this Tuesday, September 21st. Trading camp gets going tomorrow. It's going to be amazing and a little bit crazy and all that fun. But I am your host, Hernan Salas from TSN 1260. Hit me up on Twitter at HernanTheMan and at Locked On Oilers. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. On the pod today, we'll be joined by Tyler Mataraz out of Toronto from Sirius XM NHL. We'll talk some Oilers and look at the other Canadian teams as training camps is set to kick off tomorrow here in Edmonton. He always brings the good stuff, so we'll get a a good outsider's look on what he thinks, um, uh, how Kenny Holland did uh, this summer. Yesterday, after that, I released a pod, this news came out, which was a little bit unfortunate, but uh, I'll give it to you today. Of course, the Joey Moss stretching room tribute and recognition of contributors to the club dating back to the 1980s and the mark left on the organization and community by late Joey Moss. A unique dressing room tribute will be unveiled by current Oilers on September 28th. Kevin Lowe is getting his number raised to the, uh, to the rafters here. Uh, that will happen on Friday, November 5th with the New York Rangers in town. So that means a new number for Chris Russell. Kevin Lowe, well-deserved. I know he took a lot of heat for the way this team was ran and Decade of Darkness and all that, but good to see him. He was a good player. Uh, he won six cups and was a big part of the, obviously, the 80s Oilers. So Kevin Lowe's number four to the rafters of Rogers Place on November 5th against the New York Rangers. This is cool. Recognition of Edmonton Oilers greats. A new and exciting area for fans to celebrate Edmonton Oilers of distinction and also is also in the early planning stages with more details to be announced later this season. We had fun with it on the Dave Jamison show today with Matthew Wanick. Who would you put in there? I mean, names that come to mind right away. Doug Waite, Ryan Smith, Essa and Charlie Huddy, uh, Alish Hemsky for me. And we had some good debate. Does Chris Pronger make the cut? He had one good year. How about a Billy Guerin? How about a Tommy Sallow? Todd Marchand? I think Kelly Buckberger definitely in there. How about George LaRock? How about Ethan Morrow? There's so many fascinating names and I think it's a good debate to have, but it's going to be a, it's a cool idea and I can't wait to see it and, and see who gets in. So I, I think the front runners, obviously Smitty Wade taking in for me. Uh, let me know yours. Hit me up on Twitter at Hernan the Man. Let me know who would you want to see in the uh, recognition of Edmonton Oiler greats. And uh, also I'll add Media Wall of Honor. The club is also pleased to be adding more names to its Media Wall of Honor later this season. So that's your Edmonton Oiler news. Uh, also Tom Gazzola joined uh, the lowdown today and he brought up a good point that Josh Archibald hasn't been skating at the captain's 
skate with the rest of his teammates. We don't know what what the situation is there. We don't know if it's vaccine related. We we have none of that information, so we don't want to speculate. But the Colton Seaver PTO is an interesting one. Is he uh, like an emergency just in case something doesn't go right with Josh Archibald? I guess we'll find out tomorrow if he's at camp. If he's at camp, then what I'm saying is uh, irrelevant. So <laughs> we'll wait and see. But I, I do find it interesting that he's, according to reports, he is in town, but he hasn't been skating with his teammates. So we'll continue to track that. We should get a roster training camp roster either later today or early tomorrow so we'll definitely track that as well some nhl news from today uh the blue jacket zach ronaldo will not be allowed at training camp due to his unvaccinated status seen a lot more teams do this flyers uh hayes and Morin both out six to eight weeks with injuries that is enormous uh loss for the philadelphia flyers especially for hayes who had a really good season last season uh both out six to eight weeks couple of ptos alex galchenyuk's going to the arizona coyotes on a professional tryout and the Red Wings are bringing in Bobby Ryan who played with him last year was injured for a, a big part of that uh, he's going there on a PTO as well uh, and then Pedersen Hughes uh, hopefully they can reach uh, whoa Vancouver's hoping they can rejoin the team soon uh, still waiting for uh, some news out of there but that's two big names for the uh, Vancouver Canucks and then uh, just if you're scrolling through through different sports sites and all that everybody's got you know training camp questions for every of the Canadian teams it's fun stuff I can't believe hockey's here it's absolutely crazy uh, this summer flew by but I'm excited to see the Edmonton Oilers uh, in action once again and they kick off training camp tomorrow and then their preseason schedule kicks off on Sunday in Calgary and then uh, the next week they'll play Tuesday at home to the Kraken then they're on the road on Wednesday take on the Winnipeg Jets Friday they're uh, in Seattle and then on no sorry Friday they're in Seattle and then Saturday they're back home to take on the Winnipeg Jets so a busy busy schedule you're going to see a lot of players play in these games because it's it's condensed but it's a lot of games like eight games just seems like too much for me. I'd prefer four or five preseason games, but it is what it is. Some extra hawking. We'll get to look at some of the new guys and the young players. All right, guys. So yeah, let's have some fun. Maybe I don't know. Maybe later this week. We'll we'll see because it is training camp, so it is going to be busy. We we are going to have a lot of audio from the players. Um, but I want to hear about this. Uh, who would you want in this? <laughs> like we discussed on TSN 1260 today, the good old uh, recognition of Edmonton Oilers greats. Who would you want to see in there? Let me. Know, let's have some fun with it and give me a reason why. Like, if I'm not on board for Ethan Morrow, but my my colleague and friend Matthew Wanick was, but I, and then I compare him to Kelly Buckberger, I definitely have Kelly Buckberger there. So, give me a reason why you'd want that player in there. And uh, and then we were talking about the best moments in order history, and that's different, right? So, you'd have Sam Gagne's eight point night. Uh, I know people brought up Cogliano's uh, um, three straight overtime winners, so stuff like that. So, let's have some fun. Let me know, and then if I get some good ones at the good old inbox on Twitter. Twitter or the DM, sorry, I'll read them all for you. But coming up next, it is Tyler Matteras from Sirius XM NHL. We'll go around the uh, Canadian teams and check in and see uh, how everyone did in the offseason. This is the Locked On Orders podcast with Hernan Salas. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked in in their How Did You Hear About Us box 
so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Today I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. And I'll welcome in Tyler Madaraz from Sirius XM NHL here on the Locked On Oilers podcast. We haven't chatted in a while. Tyler, how you been? I've been great. Thanks as always for having me. Hope the uh, the summer treated you well and uh, you're ready to go for the uh, the 21-22 season. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be crazy. I'll, I'll say this about our summer here in Edmonton. Like we had the best weather probably I've seen. Him. I'm born and raised here like in my life, like plus 30 uh, a lot. So it was, it was a great summer. But like you said, it's going to be a busy season. Back to a regular schedule. Knock on wood, hopefully everything uh, works out. Um, but let's get to it. I mean, a lot of action by the Canadian teams. And let's start here in Edmonton. Tyler, I guess I'm always intrigued by, uh, you know, media outside of Edmonton and what they think of what Ken Holland did this summer. At least for me, I think they did some good things. They overpaid a lot, overturned, um, but that comes with free agency. Um, I have a few uh, areas of concerns when it comes to the Edmonton Oilers, but overall, what did you make of Ken Holland's summer? Yeah, I didn't mind it at all. Uh, I think I've said to you a lot, uh, I still think Ken Holland should have probably done something goaltending-wise. Uh, maybe he brings in a, a third goaltender before camp to maybe give some competition uh, to Koskinen and Smith. I, I think that's the one red flag for me, as I've said before with you, but uh, I, I haven't minded some of the moves. Like I really like the Warren Fogle move. I think some Oilers fans are probably kind of disappointed to see uh, Ethan Bear head the other way to Carolina, but uh, Warren Fogle is a player who I have really liked in his time in Carolina. Colin McLovin on our show, obviously, uh, the <laughs> yeah. super bad reference, so hopefully some Oilers fans start going with McLovin for Warren Fogle. But I like that move because, as we know, the Oilers have needed some depth up front for the last couple of years behind the big boys. And, and the Zach Hyman thing, uh, probably an overpayment for a player who does what Zach Hyman does. But, hey, if you can put him on the top line or even the second line, uh, and he can produce kind of like he did with Austin Matthews at times in Toronto, um, it's not a bad signing at all. I think maybe a couple of years down the road, the $5.5 million per season might be a bit too much uh, for a guy like Zach Hyman. But uh, that's what the, the open market really pays these kind of players right now. And, and on D, um, the Duncan Keith thing, the Cody Cece thing, I think those will kind of just be what we think they are, like kind of just depth moves. We'll see what Duncan Keith can still bring at his age, and we'll see if Cody Cece can do what he did in Pittsburgh last year, where he was actually quite decent, surprisingly. He wasn't great in Toronto the year before that. So uh, we'll see how the decor shakes out there with a couple moves here and there from Ken Holland. But uh, I'm pretty optimistic about this Oilers roster. You're a guy that's out there in Toronto. You saw Zach Hyman a lot, a 29-year-old career high, I think 41 points. Uh, he's a guy that's played with elite players, obviously with Austin Matthews and, and the crew there in, in, in Toronto. Uh, what can Oilers fans expect? Yeah, I think a lot of Toronto Maple Leafs fans out really liked Zach Hyman. They didn't really know um, anything about him when he was traded from the Florida Panthers over the Toronto Maple Leafs literally for nothing. And all of a sudden, he's playing with a guy like Austin Matthews when at first, I think Leaf fans really thought he was like that third or fourth line left yeah. winger. But he proved that he was just a guy that's hungry on pucks. He's hungrier than other players when he goes into puck battles. And I think Oilers fans will really appreciate that because he can get a lot, win a lot of puck battles and get some pucks to Connor McDavid if that is one of his line mates. So I think Oilers fans will take a liking to him quite early. Uh, we'll see how he does in the preseason and then early on in the year uh, with the Edmonton Oilers. But uh, he's a really gritty player. Um, in the playoffs, he hasn't really been able to show much because the Leafs haven't really 
been able to go far, but uh, regular season play-wise, uh, a really, really effective player for what he does. But uh, I think the thing with the contract, too, is a player that plays like he does at 29 years old, uh, near the end of those contracts, we'll see how his body holds out. But for the time being, for the first couple of years of it, I think Hyman can do really well on uh, one of the top two lines. You said you really liked the Warren Fogle one. Ethan Bear was, um, listen, his first year he was really good here. Many had him as their best order defenseman that season before the COVID stoppage. And then last year, uh, reports that he didn't come in in the best shape. He had the concussion injuries. He had the, the little blip on the, in, in the playoff game that cost him a goal. But overall, I think Ethan Bear is a quality defenseman. And I think Carolina is going to get an absolute stud here. I do like what Warren Fogle brings to the table. You have to pick a winner, Tyler. Like, is is this kind of just an even trade, or do you see it leaning one way or the other? To be honest, I think I might give it to Carolina. As you said, that one year, Ethan Bear was arguably their best defenseman. Like, how good was Ethan Bear um, in his own zone, in the mm-hmm. offensive zone as well? Uh, so maybe I give the slight edge to the Carolina Hurricanes. But as I said, Warren Fogle is a good hockey player. Like, he's been a good hockey player ever since he's come into the NHL, where I don't even think Carolina Hurricanes fans really uh, knew much about him, but a guy from in and around these parts as well, uh, very close to Toronto, uh, who grew up playing in the Toronto area and in the Ontario Hockey League. So we knew quite a bit about him, but I think Oilers fans can get excited about kind of like a poor man, Zach Hyman, who can maybe put the puck in the back of the net a little more. So a younger player, a bigger player as well, and a guy that maybe if you can slide him in on a line with Zach Cassie and in the bottom six somewhere, a line that can really cause some issues for a lot of teams in the Oilers division. So Fogel's a guy that can score, make some hits, get on in the forecheck, and I think like Hyman, a lot of Oilers fans will take a like to him early on. Is your biggest concern for the Edmonton Oilers in net, or is it their defense? I, I really think it's in net. Uh, okay. We've talked about a couple of their yeah. signings on D, Keith, CC. I'm really hoping Evan Bouchard gets a shot in the top six all season, but yeah, I, I like Mike Smith to me at 39 years old, and he's a perfect backup. Like when he came off the injured reserve last year, he was unbelievable. He had a couple shutouts, I think, if I can remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of tapered off and was kind of his old self, which it's very tough to play goaltender at that age, as we know. But Mike Smith still has it in some games. But man, I'd, I'd really want him as a backup if I was um, a general manager or a coach or a fan of this team specifically. So don't know what they're going to do um, in the long run because if they run with Smith and Koskinen, let's just say in the first month or two of the season and it's not really working out and they're allowing four to six goals a game and McDavid and Dreisel are having to put up crazy numbers, I, I just don't think that's really going to work out in the long run this season for Edmonton heading into the playoffs because they'll be a playoff team without a doubt. But when it comes to the crunch time, you don't want 97 and 29 having to score six points a game and having to rely on that uh, pretty much throughout the year and into the playoffs. So that's my biggest concern for sure. But uh, as we know, trade markets for goalies are, are never really the easiest thing. So uh, we'll see what, what happens at the end of training camp. Maybe if Alex Daylock can make a push for the backup spot. Yeah, no doubt. That's that's the big one here, Alex Stalock. See what he can do. Tyler, where do you see the orders? Everybody keeps saying they're in the weak division, weak division, and it's and it, there is truth to that. I mean, the, the teams you look at, they're all non-playoff teams, but there's always one surprise. And do you have the orders just penciled in there in the second spot behind Vegas? Like, where do you see them here? Yeah, in the Pacific Division, they should come in second. Um, if the Vegas Golden Knights do not win that division, uh, color 
me shocked we're going to maybe go back to this <laughs> yeah. because I would be very shocked if Vegas didn't do it. Obviously, they did lose Marc-Andre Fleury, but uh, at the end of the day, the Pacific Division is theirs for the taking. But, yeah, I think Edmonton, um, barring crazy injuries up front, should come in second. Uh, I honestly don't really know where to place a team like the Calgary Flames. I don't really know where to place a team like the Seattle Kraken, maybe until we see uh, a week or two worth of games and to see if Philip Grubauer can find his game there uh, with the Kraken. But uh, for me, it should be Knights and Oilers top two. Uh, maybe if they can somehow get goaltending from Smith, the Oilers can push uh, the Vegas Golden Knights for the top spot. But uh, at the end of the day, the Oilers are at least the top three team in that division with uh, the California teams being pretty weak right now. Tyler Madras from SiriusXM NHL joining me here on the Lockdown Orders podcast. Yesterday they announced uh, the Joey Moss dressing room tribute. Uh, Kevin Lowe banner raising celebration. Uh, retire his number four on November 5th. And then the recognition of Edmonton Oilers greats, a new and exciting area for fans to celebrate Edmonton Oilers of distinction, is also in the early planning stages with more details to be announced later in the season. If I had to ask you, and I know you're not an Oilers guy, but uh, who would you put in that uh, that room, I guess? Uh, Who's the first Oilers that comes to mind that's not up in the rafters? Yeah, I I think that's a really tough one, but... Uh, well, so many Oilers greats. Obviously, a lot of them are up there right now. But I think, like, is Ryan Smith up there? No. Nope. That's just the, the first guy that comes to my yeah. mind. Who, <laughs> for, for me, growing up playing hockey, I, I wore 94 for two reasons, two players. One was Ryan Smith. Uh, one was Sergey Bearsen, who played in Toronto. Yeah. But uh, Ryan Smith's the first name that came, comes to my mind. Uh, that is not up there for the Oilers. And uh, obviously the Kevin Lowe uh, jersey retirement has just been a long time coming for me. And mm-hmm. I think Chris Russell is going to have to change his number now, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> um, but for me, uh, going up there has to be number 94 for Ryan Smith. Like this guy was a legend, obviously bounced around at the end of his career. It's still weird to kind of look at, at Ryan Smith's hockey DB or elite prospects, whatever you use, and see him playing for other teams. And it was good that he got to finish his career with the Oilers, but uh, still weird to me that he, he wore other jerseys other than the uh, the Oilers jersey. Yeah, I know. We had some fun with it today on 1260 and um, a lot of names and just a, like what's the criteria going to be, I think, is the big one here. But, yeah, like Ryan Smith was leading, Dougie Waite, Essa in for sure. Um, just guys like that that were were, were, were Oilers greats at one point in their careers. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So moving on, look, staying out west, Tyler, I've, I've had a few guests out, out-of-market guests, and I've asked them the same question. So I'm going to ask you, who's better, Calgary or Vancouver? Ooh, that's a really good question. Uh, off the top of my head, I'd probably have to say Vancouver. Uh, obviously, in the bubble, they kind of overachieved, uh, didn't they? Like They, they yeah. were kind of playing at the top of their game at that point, and they had a lot of good hockey players, but... Uh, for me, I think Jim Benning's done a great job over the last couple of years, even this summer. Like you, you bring in Oliver Ekman Larson, you bring in Connor Garland from the desert, two really good hockey players. I think Ekman Larson needed a change of scenery, and 
to possibly play on the second pairing uh, behind Quinn Hughes, who will play on the left side on the top pairing. I think he really shored up the defense core there. And once they get Hughes and Pedersen locked in, which hopefully is soon for Canucks fans, I think they're looking pretty solid uh, in that division. And with Calgary, uh, my hopes aren't too high. Like all of the grit that they're bringing in, as you know, is obviously the Sutter style of hockey, which I don't mind. Is it going to be the the way to go right now in the National Hockey League? Maybe not, but uh, like paying Blake Coleman all that money, I don't know if that's going to work out. He's getting almost $5 million a, a season. Uh, they, they're bringing in some grittier guys, too. I think they signed Brad Richardson as well, who's probably going to be a fourth-line guy. They brought in some size with Zadorov and Goodbranson. But uh, at the end of the day, if I'm picking, I think Vancouver is going to be at least a few points higher in the standings than a team like Calgary. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Vancouver is better. And just looking at Calgary's defense, like there's no, no true number one, really. I don't know if they even have a number two right now. Markstrom's going to have to bounce back after a so-so season uh, last season in the shorting Canadian division. But, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think Vancouver, they can get their two big guys signed. They did some some pretty good things in the offseason. Uh, so we'll wait and see. But it's going to be definitely, definitely interesting. Uh, out there uh, where you're at, I mean, Ottawa, I think uh, just I've seen a lot of mock lineups on Twitter from, from Ottawa media. Uh, I mean, they are what they are. I, I think they're still in that rebuild mode, and, and they'll they'll see some tough times again. But for me, Montreal is interesting. And so is Toronto. Uh, what did you make of both teams' off-seasons, which were very interesting, losing Kotkaniemi. Toronto obviously added as well, changing their uh, one of their goaltenders. What can you say about the Leafs and the Habs here in the off-season? Yeah, I'll start with the Montreal Canadiens, who kind of like the Canucks in the bubble, overachieved last year, obviously getting to the Stanley Cup mm-hmm. final on the backs of uh, a lot of players, one mainly being Carey Price. But um, they've, they've got worse, but I think Montreal Canadiens fans can be excited about a couple things. One uh, being Cole Caulfield uh, could be a 30-goal scorer this year and really his true rookie season. I think Trevor Zegers tweeted out the other day that he thinks he could score 40, so uh, that'd be quite fun if we saw Cole Caulfield score 40 goals. And uh, obviously Jonathan Duren coming back, big news today, big news yesterday with the sit-down he did with the Renault Lavoie. Mm-hmm. I think Jonathan Duran's going to play really well, especially if he plays with Suzuki and Caulfield. So uh, for the Montreal Canadiens in that tough Atlantic division, I don't think think they're going to make the playoffs I'd be shocked this year if they did which would be obviously a big step back from the Stanley Cup final but uh, there's a lot to get excited about still if you're a Canadiens fan and then with the Toronto Maple Leafs to me they've really done nothing to improve themselves they lost Freddie Anderson they brought in Peter Mrazek that pretty much for me is a lateral move so we'll see how the (laughs) goaltending shakes out they just got to stay healthy in between the pipes if they want to compete in the Atlantic division and up front, Kyle Dubas really just had a, a lot of depth moves. Like He brought in David Camp from the Chicago Blackhawks, who's pretty much locked in to be their fourth-line center. They brought in Michael Bunting, who I love down in the desert in Arizona. So uh, he comes home to his hometown team in the Toronto Maple Leafs. And Nick Ritchie's a, a big player that can play in their top six, but can he keep up with a lot of the, the faster, younger players on this Toronto Maple Leafs roster? So uh, they'll be a playoff team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, but once again, it, it's one of those situations where I just can't see them making it out of the first round. Maybe if they do, they'll probably get bounced in the second round just because I just don't think they, behind their big boys, really have the uh, the guns to to get past a lot of those big teams uh, in their division. How concerned are you with Brady Kachuk in the sense what's going on there with the uh, contract situation? I wouldn't say I'm concerned. Uh, I think a lot of Ottawa Senators fans are, but uh, as you know, Hernan, uh, a lot of big-name RFAs at this point mm-hmm. in the offseason with training camp right around the corner with it pretty much starting tomorrow and Thursday 
um, they all end up signing. So I think at the end of the day, Brady Kachuk will end up signing. Will it be like that eight-year times $8 million deal that has been rumored to be out there? Maybe not. Uh, maybe at the end of the day, uh, he ends up taking a shorter-term deal and kind of reevaluating his options when it ends. But for me, if I'm the Ottawa Senators, I'm offering, an, offering him an eight-year deal. I don't care what the AAV is, as long as it's not over $9 million. And I'm putting the C on his jersey. Brady Kachuk since he was drafted, was pretty much the perfect captain for this Ottawa Senators team. Ever since Alfredson left, ever since Carlson left, uh, Brady Kachuk, for me, has been the guy. So not concerned at all. I think the deal does get done fairly soon, but uh, we know a lot of fan bases out there get pretty antsy when their big-name RFAs aren't signed yet. But if I'm a Sens fan, uh, I wouldn't be too worried. I think the the deal does get done fairly soon. Yeah, and the team in the middle, the Winnipeg Jets, I I like what they did bringing in Brendan Dillon, Nate Schmidt. I think they really shored up their decor up front. They they remember remain the same. They'll get the second year out of Pierre-Luc Dubois, who looks for a bounce-back season. Uh, this team, for me, is one that I'm expecting to take that next step. Not not so much in the regular season. I think they'll be there, but in the playoffs, I can see this team going far. Yeah, I always have high hopes for the Winnipeg Jets. I think it was two years ago, possibly in that bubble year. I think I had them winning the Stanley Cup. Obviously, that didn't happen. And then last <laughs> yeah. year, the Mark Shifley suspension against the Montreal Canadiens really set them back and uh, they were ousted at the hands of the Habs but going into this year uh, like you I do have high hopes for the 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 Winnipeg Jets you mentioned the two additions on the blue line which I love as well like bringing in Nate Schmidt Mm -hmm. bringing in Brendan Dillon uh, two players that kind of are are polar opposites Brendan Dillon just plays a defensive game he hits everything that moves he blocks a lot of shots and Nate Schmidt's a guy that can really skate up the ice move the play up and and distribute the puck very well so uh, Kevin Shoveldayoff in that sense did a really good job because he's trying to build that back end out like he has been for the last few years and uh, up front, as you said, pretty much the same. We get to see another year of Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, with another number, as well as he changed his jersey number um, to number 80 um, because of Matisse Kivlenitz, which I thought was a really nice thing. And uh, can Connor, Kyle Connor do what he did again last year and the year before? Like He's been a very good goal scorer, uh, but can he continue at that pace? Because a lot of the offense does run through Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley, and you're relying on uh, those two to put up a lot of points. So we'll see how they do. I think like a lot of other teams, maybe like a Toronto, like we just talked, talked about it's it's the bottom six and, and the depth scoring that I'm worried about and that could be the the downfall for the Winnipeg Jets one last one here regarding the Edmonton Oilers. we were talking about it yesterday on the show and on the podcast uh, Yamamoto obviously signed a one-year deal both him and Jesse Puyarvi will be up for a new contract uh, next season both guys you know similar in age similar point totals whatever it is and the Oilers don't have a lot of money going into next season and you don't want to bet against these guys I, I know everyone here wants both guys to do well this season they're gonna have a great opportunity as one plays with McDavid one plays with Dreisaitl um, but if you had to pick let's just say both guys have you know similar seasons they're both good they, they put up some numbers who would you keep yeah, putting on my GM hat, um, I think the first name that comes to mind is Jesse Puliyarv. Okay. Not just because he was drafted higher, but it just looks like he has everything that a really high-end top six hockey player needs. Like he's got the size, he's got the skill, uh, he's got the hands. That's for sure. Uh, but can he put it all together at the NHL level? When players are drafted, I think what was he drafted third or fourth, whatever it was, mm-hmm. in the top five for sure. Um, you expect a lot out of these players. Alex Galchenyuk the guy that comes to mind that had to take a professional tryout today from the Arizona Coyotes, which is pretty crazy to me. But if Jesse Puliyarvi can put everything together and, and you hope that 
uh, couple months or whatever it was that he played in Europe that has helped his game out in the National Hockey League. Uh, I think he's the, the player that you would want to end up keeping if your hands were tied and you couldn't end up keeping both. But for the Oilers, they hope they can keep both. Yeah. Both for first-round picks. But uh, for me, it's Jesse Pugliarvi. I want to see another good year out of him. I want to see him possibly playing on the top line with Connor McDavid and see what the production he can have and, and what numbers he could put up and try to get a big payday next summer. No, for sure. It's going to be fun. And we get going uh, tomorrow here in Edmonton. Training camp uh, kicks off. Uh, should be a fun ride here, uh, Tyler. The season is upon us. 82 games, eight preseason games, which is just crazy. Uh, I wish they would only do four or five, but whatever. It's extra hockey. Tyler, like always, uh, enjoy the season. I'll probably have you on uh, sometime once we get going here for real. And uh, like always, thank you for your time. For sure, man. Thanks for having me on once again. And yeah, enjoy those eight preseason games. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit much, but uh, ready for October 12th, ready for the regular season to start. Big shout out to Tyler Madras from SiriusXM NHLs. Uh, we talked to Oilers and we went around and checked in on all the other Canadian teams as training camp is upon us. It's the eve of training camp. It's going to be fun. The Oilers kick off their preseason on Sunday, uh, the 26th, and then they get, I think they're back Tuesday here against the Kraken the following, and then uh, Wednesday they're on the road in Winnipeg. So things are going to start coming fast and furious here as the NHL season is upon us. Big shout out to Tyler. He's always a great guest. Enjoy his... Uh, enjoy his uh, his takes and uh, he's, he liked what the Oilers did which is I've talked to some outside media and seen some of it on Twitter and a lot of people are not high on what they did but he was and obviously the, there's concerns with the goaltending and a little bit with the defense but l- let's hope for the best here that the Oilers um, have a great season and can make a run in the playoffs All right guys let's wrap this Tuesday edition up of the Locked On Oilers podcast remember to hit me up on Twitter at Hernandeman and at Locked On Oilers don't forget to download and subscribe on your favorite apps for all the latest episodes podcast doing really well a lot of downloads I really appreciate it. Let me know on Twitter, guys, uh, what you want to hear, what you want me to do. If you want to guess, uh, give me ideas here. Uh, yeah, it's full gold time now for this podcast. For my producer, Juanito, I am Hernan the Man talking Los Petroleros. Enjoy the rest of this beautiful sunny Tuesday. We'll chat tomorrow. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.